Welcome to the Radio 191 FM podcast. Uh, Churches is releasing their fourth album, Screen Violence, on the 27th of this month. Three tracks are already out for your enjoyment. Good Girls, How Not to Drown, and He Said, She Said, all of which you've heard on the show many times already. And Ian Cook from Churches joins us now. Good morning to you, Ian. Good morning to you. See you late after an early evening here in Los Angeles, but uh, good morning, nevertheless. Ah, you're in LA. You got to go back. I got to go back, yes. Uh, I don't know how or why they let me in, but uh, uh, I'm back over here doing some bits of promo with the band, doing some more writing. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's, it's good to be in the sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking it looks a little bit bright for Glasgow because it would be nighttime right now. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, right. Um, screen violence, um, you know, made through screens in a world consumed by screens um, and engulfed in violence in all its forms against every living thing. What a great start to the interview. <laughs> um, sh- showing on every every screen. Now, we'll, we'll get to the band, you know, the name, the name's original origins maybe a little bit later on. But first... Uh, if there's ever been a more contemporary title, um, I, I can't really think of it, Ian. Um, it's a title that's been in your back pocket, but did you bring it out for those particular reasons that I just mentioned? It was Lauren who stumbled upon it in a spreadsheet on a on a Google Drive um, uh, with like 40 names that we... Uh, I think we were just talking about it for a laugh because we had some really, really bad names in there. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, I guess it jumped jumped out her because of kind of what we've been through as people, mm. as a band, just and, and just in terms of how digital consumption of everything is now. You know, it's everything; it's everywhere. Um, and you know, we had had a pretty rough time of it, particularly uh, Lauren, yes. with uh, with attacks over over the sort of twenty nineteen towards the end of the Love Is Dead album cycle. Like she was getting death threats and all sorts and. You know that in its very definition is violence through screens. You know, and it's like people yeah. sitting sitting at home in their underwear. You know, just like throwing out anonymous death threats. It's a strange, strange world that we live in. But um, yeah, I think that must have resonated from that point of view. Um, but the the further that she kind of the well that we all began to sort of peer into that allegory, the the more kind of resonant it felt. Um, and then obviously the pandemic hit, and we were all making the music through screens of, of different sizes and descriptions. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a screen it's a screen world we live in. Yeah, it is. It's, it is. And, and it's a thing. Lauren came out and said, I hate screens. I can't stand screens. And, and then She you... loves watching TV. <laughs> She's a liar. No, well, I, I guess it's screens that can talk back to you in some shape or form. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, which we laugh about, but it isn't funny for the reasons that you said, and um, you know, and, and it was horrible to watch um, from a distance and read about that kind of stuff. And I can only imagine what Lauren and then you know yourselves, um, both you and Martin, were going through at the time, but especially Lauren. Um, but but anyway, um, moving on. Like um, like many records uh, coming out at the moment, this was formed in lockdown uh, in a way, um, and like a lot of uh, musicians opposed a lot of challenges, a lot of adaptation from the usual ways of writing, mm. uh, producing, and recording. A process uh, that you started pre-COVID, 
just mm-hmm. before, I guess, because, you know, you joined Lauren and Martin in L.A., where you are now, before having to flee back to Glasgow. Um, mm-hmm. So did the idea what the album was originally going to be, did that change due to the circumstances? Um, yeah, I mean, the, the plan was that I was going to be out here for six weeks and we were going to write a bulk of new ideas, new starts, and then I was going to disappear back to Scotland and then we would, you know, work on, build them up sort of remotely. But that was kind of curtailed because of the borders closing down. So um, we ended up drawing on a bunch of demos that we had sitting around before that two-week period, plus the songs that we wrote there. And we sort of writing um, sort of new starts, demo and new starts as we were going along. But um but yeah, it was it was kind of new territory for us because we'd never really done anything creatively with the band remotely. Um, it's always been very much about the energy of the three of us in a room or whoever we were working with too. Um, but we found like reasonably quickly we found a sort of rhythm and a, you know a sort of uh, um, a sort of collection of uh, applications that allowed us to do that pretty seamlessly. And actually. Um, Running in two studios concurrently was a really um, sort of productive way once we got into it. Um, but yeah, I think that can only that energy can only really keep you going for so long. And I, yeah. I was super happy to to sort of get out last September for six weeks and, and mix the album with Martin, finish it off. Um, because we'd never we'd never mixed any of our albums before. I think we did a couple of songs on uh, two or three songs on the first record that we mixed ourselves. But this was their chance to sort of. Um, see if we were any good at it after yeah. all these years you know but you know i think there was a point there was a point we came to where we were like you know what nobody knows this music like we do it's like every single part of it we know inside and out every sound every nuance and uh it's it's almost like when you hand it over to somebody else to do they'll have their own interpretation of that they'll sort of foreground some things and put other things sort of towards the back of the mix um which is good because it can be really good to have an external perspective on these things at a certain point. But I think we just thought, why not just give it a go? I mean, apart from the fact that it will save a ton of money. Doing yeah, 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 we, uh, yeah, yeah. We also we also kind of fancied that fancied our chances at, at making a good sounding record, and uh, and I'm really happy with the way it turned out. Um, did Bob uh, Ludwig did he ma- did he master this one? Because he's he did not master this one. He's done a few of our albums, I think. Um, he did, maybe did all of them? two at least. Yeah, he did at least the last two. I he think. might have done all, all, all the first three, actually. Um, yeah, no, we, we got a, a guy called Gavin Larson mm-hmm. to do it this time, uh, who we had seen on a, there's like a subscription service called Mix with the Masters. I don't know if you're aware of it, where no. these sort of industry professionals uh, go on and wank off about their uh, <laughs> their, their technical prowess. No, it's, it's extremely uh, illuminating. Like you just steal all of their ideas and put it into yours. So, uh, but watching nice. him work and, and watching his setup and how he and his attention to detail in the mastering process really um, made us want to give it a try. And he sent back the first couple of songs. We sent him two or three songs to try out, and uh, they all came back sounding absolutely brilliant. So we were like, okay, this is our guy. This is our new guy. So nice. no disrespect to, to the legend yeah. that, uh, that is Bob. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, an absolute legend. Like, wow. Uh, incredible. But poor Bob. Sorry, Bob. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Bob's okay. That. Trust me, Bob's okay. I'm sure he probably has. <laughs> now, you touched on it a little bit before, but in terms of uh, composing the record, there's no jams. There's no instant reaction to something um, that you do, that a bandmate does, like, you know, Martin does or something. Um, you know, there's waiting. 
and I guess with waiting, sometimes there can be doubt uh, and hesitation. Uh, so was it a real mm-hmm. mental game making this record? Not really. Not once we got into the swing of things. Uh, we found, I think we found uh, in that kind of remote process that we were able to sort of like um, call on the experience of being in the room together um, and that sort of shared vision of the band. Like it didn't feel like people were sort of fighting each other or trying to pull things in their own direction. It's very much like once we got going, it felt like a really unified direction and uh, and one that we were all on board with. So it didn't feel like a like a, a situation of mind games. I can see how, like from the outside, it might look like that's something that would be easy to fall into. And I think you're right. So it's a very good question. But um, but no, in this case, it, it felt very harmonious. And uh, and and I do think that yes, if there is that kind of waiting, it could it could sort of result in hesitation and things being like super calculated or whatever. But it, it really wasn't. It still felt spontaneous, and we still when we were doing these sort of late night sessions or early morning sessions, we still ended up getting ridiculously excited at the new ideas that were coming through the, the, the internet. <laughs> <laughs> through the screens. Yeah. Um, now lyrics always come from a place of meaning, well, you know, mm-hmm. for the most part, but a lot of people don't stop to think, unless it's an instrumental track, um, you know, that's designed to invoke or invade a, a certain meaning. Um, when it comes to compositions that lie underneath the lyrics, you don't really stop to think that that the um, the composition, the music itself, uh, is coming from a place of emotion. Um, but um, the songs on there's some songs on this album that do, don't they? Um, in terms of the music coming from a place of emotion, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think everything that we that we do as a band, if if there's no emotional resident, uh, re- resonance right off the bat, then we we probably bend the idea. Um, it has to always feel like an authentic emotional reaction to to what we're hearing and what we're composing, in order for it to get to even day two. You know, if it, if it doesn't click in some deeply emotional way, um, it tends to be swept aside. Yeah. Um, now the band's influences have been well documented, um, uh, and you can hear them, you know, in, in your music. And I know you've probably talked about uh, him a million times by now, uh, but you worked with Robert Smith on on this record. He's an international, uh, intergenerational artist. You know, mm-hmm. he's one of those legends that will be an icon for the rest of human existence. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And someone I know that that you'd love. Um, I mean, you can hear it. You can hear it in uh, Aero Pro- Program. Sorry, um, your previous band. Um, and you can hear the Cure. You can hear the Glove. And I mean, to an extent, Susie and the Banshees and, and churches. Um, so, how did it come to pass that you you worked with him? Um, how how did you talk him into it? Or did you even have to? Yeah. Talk to him? I, I wish I had like a, a really good story for this, but it's actually quite banal. <laughs> Uh, we we heard that the Cure were working on new music, and that, you know there was always rumours that this is going to be their last tour, and and we really thought, you know, why don't we get our manager to uh, get in touch with the Cure's management and see if we can sort of throw our hat in the ring for potential kind of support slots when we start touring. I don't know, twenty twenty two or whenever it will be. Um, and so our manager Campbell uh, messaged uh, or emailed the. Cures management, but they don't apparently have a manager. It's just Robert <laughs> at the end of the email. So he got back and said, uh, "Hi Campbell, what do you want?" <laughs> and so uh, 
he sort of got back to us immediately and was like, guys, guys, what do we want from Robert Smith? And we were like, fuck it, let's send him the tunes. And um, I think we had about six or seven tunes that were more or less finished at the time we sent them yeah. to Robert. And uh, and he got back and was like, oh, this is really cool. Digging the vibe. Uh, this one in particular is great. And we were like, let's, uh, why don't you, you know, if you want to, you can do some singing on it or play some guitar and and he, and he was like, "Cool, yeah, that's that's great." And he, I think he, he'd been trying to get his head into it for a while, and it'd been you know one or two months had passed, and we hadn't really heard anything. We we're like, "Ah, fuck it," you know, it was worth a shot, but yeah. maybe maybe it's just one of those things that's that's not going to come to anything. But it was on Halloween night last uh, last year. We we were all together in LA mixing the record, and uh, we got the email through with this demo, and we just freaked out. I mean, of all th- of all times of the year to get a. <laughs> For the goth lord himself to bestow us with yes. his uh, mystical riches. Yeah, yeah. Hey, see, see, no, that bit at the end made it an amazing story. The fact that it was on Halloween. It's you about probably, how you spin it. Yeah, yeah, you probably did it deliberately. It's Friday the 13th tomorrow, by the way. Maybe he'll do something. Too. Uh, oh, shit. Who are we going to ask, man? <laughs> he did play with gorillas last night, I think, or the night before, too. So that's pretty amazing. Ah, um, Guess around this, this Robert. Yeah, and he had a manager, but his manager was a Kiwi, and he retired back to New Zealand. Is that so? I didn't know that. When when did he uh, when did he retire? Oh, a few years ago now. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah, maybe five years ago or so. Uh, he was an AMI guy. I think he discovered a whole bunch of great bands back in the day. I think he first signed mm. The Cure. I think yeah, I think he might have been the first. Oh, one he's been the with Cure. them for a long time. And The Jam too. Huh. Signed signed The Jam. The I can't remember there his name. Go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should remember, uh, but I can't. Anyway, um, you, 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 just quickly before we go, you did mention something about because you know you, you you're hoping to tour with with the Cure, which I mean, amazing. Imagine it. Imagine watching. Would, would it. be great if it worked out. Yeah. Oh. We might have fused up all of our cards with Robert. Though, I don't know. <laughs> but um, you know, what are your touring options looking like right now? Because uh, you know, we're open for business here in New Zealand. You know, we're having yeah. we're, we're having fifty thousand people going to gigs. Is that an invitation for us to come and spread our disgusting Western variant? Oh, you have to do. You have to do the fourteen day uh, isolation. Oh God! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sure it would be worth it, but uh, yeah, no. I mean, at the moment, we've got two months in in the US, um, starting in November, ending up in LA in the seventeenth, I think, or seventeenth or eighteenth in the, the Palladium. So. And then we'll break for Christmas and New Year. And I mean, hopefully we'll be able to come down your way uh, at some point early uh, next year. But it just really depends. So, uh, you know, Australia too. I think that they have a very, very different story at the minute with the, yes. with the old pandemic. So I guess we're just like waiting to see what options present themselves and what like seems realistic in the current climate, you know, whenever that is. But, um, you know, we're very much open for open for ideas at this point. Yeah. Ah, oh, New Zealand, always Australia's little sibling. Oh, we can't come there unless we go there. Um, guys, guns, um, yeah, um, yeah, Guns N' Roses are coming here in November, just to let you know. They're not going to Australia. Um, right, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, amazing, amazing. Um, well, uh, thank you so much for your time. Um, the album, Screen Violence, um, it's, a, it's fantastic. And I just know after listening to this and being a fan of the previous three, um, that one day someone's going to ring you guys up like you ring up uh, Robert, and he's going <laughs> to okay. A, a, and we'll and shall, we'll, uh, shall await that call. <laughs> yeah, and we'll ask you the same. We'll ask you the same thing. You know, the the, the youngins that are, are growing up uh, totally. listening to churches like you. You guys grew up listening to the Cure. So, um, thank you so much for your That's time. 
An Thanks, absolute Jamie. pleasure. Yeah, have you, have yourself a good time in LA. Um, stay warm. It's the middle of winter here in uh, the Edinburgh of the South, oh, so I'll stay calm. FM podcast. All of our content lives online at r1.co.nz.